Welcome to that Super Fan Talk Podcast, only on the Infinite Potato Alliance. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is That Super Fan Talk Podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. I like those odds. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. A monkey's might fly out of my butt. Now, only inches away from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray. It's Sean. Shawnee, if you're feeling a little loose. Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame, and I've never been one to chase balls. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to that Super Fan Talk podcast, the show that makes entertainment tonight look like we got this covered. My name is Sean Ray, and I am joined tonight in the historic Infinite Potato Studios by two of my favorite people. We have Scott. How's it going, sir? <laughs> that, that intro, that, that, that was a thinker. That was a sleeper. It takes a second, but when, once you get it, <laughs> it was hilarious. And we have Rick. How are you, sir? I don't get it. <laughs> what you, know what we, you know what we got this covered.com is, right? No. It's, it's one of the entertainment sites that puts out all the clickbait. Uh, oh, okay. The clickbait okay. stories that are usually not true actually are always not true. <laughs> David, <laughs> okay. D- Dave Robertson definitely knows we got this covered. They're no- notorious for being uh, full of shit. Kind of like giant freaking robot. Yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. They are definitely cut from the same cloth. Yeah. And I checked. I actually thought about creating like a, a parody. We got this covered site. And I checked, and we got that covered is open. I may buy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to talk about a few things. I thought uh, we'd start with talking about a few movies that I didn't know were coming out. I don't know if you guys knew that they were coming out or even cared if they're coming out. But um, I've got a few that I've uh, that I've pulled up. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City is coming out in November 2021 and this is an animated movie and it's not the thing that's on Netflix right now which I have not watched. Have you guys watched that at all? I saw the first Resident Evil movie somewhere in the vicinity of 19 years ago and that's my entire experience with it. Yeah, there's like a an animated four or five episode series on Netflix right now that I haven't watched yet but uh, I haven't heard great things about it but anyway there's this uh animated resident evil movie coming out in november that i just saw a couple of pictures of it i haven't even seen a trailer for it so i don't know if it's going to be any good or not but those resident evil movies to me 
have gradually gone downhill. I mean, <laughs> it's like each one is a little bit worse than the one before it. Which, I mean, they weren't great to begin with. I used to love the game, but the the um, the movies are not really anything like the game. You know, this Alice character that's in the movies was not even in the original couple of games. So, I don't know. Um, there's also a movie coming out sometime this year called Army of Thieves. And if you've seen Army of Darkness... That also came out this year. Um, nope. You haven't seen it? I um, think you mean Army, Army of, of Darkness? The Dead. Army of the Dead, excuse oh, me. Army oh, of the okay. Dead, yeah. I was Army like, of did Darkness. we just fall into a time warp or are they remaking no, no, no. Army of Darkness? <laughs> Army of Darkness is great, but yes. it's not the movie you're thinking of. And they probably and they probably will remake that at some point. But um And b- b- before you jump into that, I just want to back up for just a moment uh, about the Resident Evil movies. Uh and um Referring to how you said that they went gradually downhill in quality, uh, it should be pointed out that Paul W.S. Anderson directed the first, fourth, fifth, and sixth movies in that series, and he wrote all of them. And this is the guy who brought us Mortal Kombat Annihilation, among many, (laughs) many, many other movies. Yeah. (laughs) Among many, many, many other bad movies. So uh, let's not be surprised. (laughs) I think saying that they went downhill is being really generous for the first one. <laughs> well, yeah, they just, they, they got more and more confusing. Like every movie is just like, this is really confusing. I'm not keeping up with what's going on, you know, but I mean, I, I, I love Mila Jovovich. I love watching her do stuff, but there, there, there was one movie we uh, did you guys ever see Ultraviolent or Ultraviolet? Was it Ultraviolet or Ultraviolet? Ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. The, the color. Yeah. yeah. We we rented that, and I think we turned it off after forty five minutes. It just got too stupid, and uh, I'd, I'd say that you know while I I really admire her ability as an action star, uh, and I loved her, she was the only thing I liked in the Fifth Element. Um, Send the hate mail, folks. I've been dealing with it for 20 years. <laughs> um, it, 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 yeah, the Resident Evil. It, I mean, the only thing I remember about Res, the, the first movie is her climbing over pipes with zombies underneath and the people getting diced by the lasers in this hallway thing. And that's that's the entirety yeah. of my memory of that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this this uh, army of the dead, they, they, their plan is to come out with not necessarily a bunch of sequels, because if you've seen Army of the Dead, then you know a lot of the characters don't make it all the way through the movie. So if you make a sequel, it's going to have to have like all new people in it. But um, like that's never make, stopped Hollywood before. <laughs> well, they want they want to make a bunch of prequels, so they're making or they've already made because it's supposed to come out this year. They're making they have a movie called Army of Thieves that's coming out, and one of the characters from army of the dead was a safe cracker and it's going to be his backstory. So they're going to make a bunch of backstory movies for army of the dead characters. I mean, I don't think it's a good idea (laughs) because you're just, you're giving backstories to characters that the best part of their story is the story you've already seen. That's the zombie story. Are you going to, 
And and for 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 some characters, sorry, spoilers for Army of Thieves. For some characters, where the zombie story is the end of their story. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, like I said, that's most of the characters. <laughs> yeah. Um. The other thing that I had listed, there's a there's a prequel to Greece coming out. What? This is not a movie, though. This is a 10-episode series coming to Paramount+. Plus. It's called It's called Rise of the Pink Ladies. Oh, for and Christ's sake. I think they could have spent a little more time on the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the description that they have on, um, that I found online says, it will explore how Rizzo... Frenchie, Marty, and Jan came together before they became known as the Pink Ladies in their senior year at Rydell High. Uh, the series is set four years before the original Grease, before rock and roll ruled, before the T-Birds were the coolest in the school. Uh, four fed-up outcast girls dare to have fun on their own terms, sparking moral panic that will change Rydell High forever. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said it's, their se- it, it's in their senior year. No, no, the movie, the movie was in their senior year. Oh, oh, okay. This takes place okay. like their freshman year, I guess. It's the, it's four years before that. So the, the synopsis was saying that, you know, before they became the pink ladies in their senior year. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So it was, it was poorly phrased. So, so they're doing a series about, uh, 14 year old girls. They're, they're pulling a Cruella for, for Greece. Okay. And for Rizzo and, and the crew. Not that there's anything wrong with the series for 14 year old girls, but doesn't that more belong on like Disney or, uh, well, it's or, not a Disney property. Uh, you know, it's, so it's, uh, but it is going to be musical. Um, yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be for the crowd that like, uh, was the high school musical and you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. All right. I guess. <laughs> But it's it's gonna it's gonna have new and old music, so they're gonna rehash some of the songs. They're gonna have some new songs and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the term last... "clutching at straws" comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you know they 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 look at. Uh, I, it may have something to do with uh, with COVID. Uh, that they just start looking at the properties that they have. And what can we do with this? You know, let's, let's, we got, let's make something out of this. You know, we own the rights to Greece. Do we want to remake Greece? No, we don't want to do that. Let's do a 10 episode series. <laughs> and, and they'll make it a prequel. And that seems to be a, the growing trend. I, we've, we all know that the, the era of the reboot and the remake has been going on for quite some time. Mm-hmm. It seems that the latest flavor of that is rather than a straight uh, remake, people are devising prequels. I, I already uh, name checked Cruella, which is essentially the same thing. Um, they're finding characters and or properties and deciding, you know what? People want to see how this person came about. I mean, we don't, but they decide <laughs> that we do. So they can make a movie about it, or they can make a ten episode series about it, and I'll I'll bet you money that if the T Birds are not in this ten episode limited series, 
then if the series does well, that's what they'll do next. They'll do another series, yeah. They'll yeah. they'll tell us how the T Birds got formed. That yeah. that'll that'll be their next step and if they want to turn that into like a new franchise or ongoing property. I yeah. hate everything about this, just <laughs> to be fair. <frank. laughs> well, you're probably not gonna like this either. Um Rob Zombie is heading to thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane. Oh yeah, yeah, I knew about that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of jazzed about that. Have you seen the art? No. Let me see if I can screen share something with you. I did not follow the link to look at the art, but I, I saw a little something about it. Honestly, I couldn't tell if it was, um, about a, a remake or a reboot of that series that he is doing, or if he just decided to make himself a house that looked like their house. By the way, folks, I, I cut I cut Sean off before he could say the title of it. It's The Monsters. Rob Zombie is, is doing some oh, sort yeah. of Monsters project. And, and if you're below the age of maybe 30, look up Monsters <laughs> on the internet, it'll tell you. You know what I found out relatively recently is I always thought the Munsters was a, was, was a copycat of the Adams family, but it was the other way around. The Munsters were first. I was not aware of that. Are you seeing that? Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the artwork that they're working with. You got Herman Herman in a long beard, and that Grandpa's be. wearing a a wife beater <laughs> type undershirt, and, a, and a, he's got a, a pistol. Yeah, <laughs> and, so, and, yeah. and Marilyn looks like Yvonne DiCarlo, which would be very difficult to pull off. <laughs> and Eddie's got blood coming out of his mouth. and I, I, I think that might not be what we get in the final product. <laughs> yeah. Yet at the All same right. time, it's Rob Zombie. So would you really be surprised? Well, if it... All right. We do live in a world where a show, where where a show took the Archie comics and turned them into a gritty murder mystery. So I guess nothing's off the table, but and actually pretty <laughs> successful, <laughs> more, yeah. way more successful than I thought it was going to be. Um, but this kind of looks like uh, it, if this picture, which uh, Rob Zombie put that out on Instagram, and uh, it kind of looks like the Adams family in a, in a trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty clear that he do himself as Herman, so I don't know yeah. if that's going to be yeah. a casting choice. But uh, did you guys ever see the? They tried to bring the monsters back once before, about oh. ten years ago, with Jerry O'Connell and um, Portia de Rossi, um, and uh, Eddie Izzard. It was um, it was just called Mockingbird Lane. That was the name of it. They only did one episode. And it didn't get picked up for a series, but it was, it was different. You know, <laughs> Jerry O'Connell was playing Herman and he was, he didn't look like Frankenstein's monster, but he had like this, he had scars on him where different pieces of him had been stitched together and things. But, um, Eddie was turning into a werewolf and killing people and he was trying to cover it up, you know, and, uh, Eddie Izzard was grandpa. And, um, I can't remember who played, I can't remember who played Marilyn, but, the but Portia de Rossi played, 
uh, oh wait, wife. Not, yeah, I got I got the names mixed up. Marilyn was the the quote unquote normal one. It was Lily was yeah Lily. Was there you the go, mom. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Marilyn was Charity Wakefield. Okay. No idea who that is. I remember I seeing the episode and I, and I did, I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate I might it. I want to check that out. I didn't realize Eddie Izzard was in it. Yeah. Um, and Jerry yep. O'Connell, he's, he's in, in Lower Decks and, and The Boys, right? That's Jerry O'Connell? Um, no. He's not in The Boys. He, he is not in The Boys. He is also in Lower Decks. He is Commander Ransom. Oh yeah. right, right. Okay, I'm getting him mixed up with, with Jack Quaid is Jack in Quaid, the yeah. boys and yeah. Lower Decks. Yeah, uh, Jerry O'Connell's big thing was Sliders. He was the he was the head of Sliders, and he was also on Crossing Jordan for a long time. Now, people can keep so. their Sliders. I remember Jerry O'Connell from My Secret Identity. Shout shout out listeners who remembers My Secret Identity. <laughs> and Stand by Me. He was the he was the he was the chunky one in Stand by Me. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at this picture for Mockingbird Lane, and I see Jerry O'Connell as Herman Munster looking like Jerry O'Connell rather than mm-hmm. Herman Munster, and it's really throwing me off. Yeah, his thing was that his uh, his heart was giving out, and he had to have it replaced. So Grandpa was trying to find a person that they could kill and take his heart, <laughs> All right? Now, so that he you know, could keep living. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. This is what pisses me off about these modern remakes of stuff. You know, if you want to remake the Munsters, fine. Do it. Have fun. Redo, you know, one of the reasons why the Adams Family reboots or remakes or movies or whatever you want to call them worked is because nobody bothered trying to explain the Adams Family. They just did the Adams Family. We don't need to know why Herman Munster is a Frankenstein's monster. We don't know, we don't need to know that why Grandpa is a vampire. They just, Oh, we, are we any better off for knowing where Darth Vader came from? No, we aren't. <laughs> and they've got to stop doing this shit. To my childhood, goddamn. Speaking of Adam's family, they're making a another. I, I, I haven't seen the uh, the newest Adam's Family cartoon. Uh, it looks either. good. I want to. Yeah. I want to see it eventually, but they're making another one. They've got a second one coming out sometime it, in the next. It looks year like or so. it's more based on the original uh, Edward Gorey comic yeah. than, than the TV show. Yeah, they, and they had a cartoon that came out in the 90s. I oh, know it wasn't that was, it was Adams. That, that was based off of those old illustrations that, you know, so it kind of updated it then and it kind of that's what these characters kind of look like, so. Yeah, I think that one I think that animated series is probably um um riding the coattails of the the Raul Julia. Oh yeah. Film. Yeah, it definitely was. But they based the characters the way they looked in the cartoon, they based them off of the old uh comic, even though mm-hmm. they acted more like the movie characters. So Alright. Uh we watched uh Loki. We did. What'd you guys uh, think of Loki, Rick? What, what'd you think of this Marvel series? It's no, I you, you talk about it. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> you don't have you don't have the best track record so far with the. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Marvel I, series. I, I didn't like every episode, um, but the even the ones that that left me nonplussed were just kind of like, all right, well, that was them sitting and talking for a half an hour. Yay! Um, I mean, they weren't. It wasn't bad. Um, 
again, I'm I'm both hindered and helped by the fact that I have no background with these characters other than what we've seen in the movies. So, you know, apparently in the the last one or the penultimate. By the way, we're spoiling, right? We're not. We're not. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, you know, apparently there were like hundreds of Easter eggs or something in, in the last two episodes that meant utterly nothing to me. Um, I, I found Loki, our, our Tom Hiddleston Loki to be a little oddly inconsistent. Um, and maybe a little too conscientious because I mean, he started off, this was bad guy Loki. This was, Mm -hmm. I'm going to kill everybody, Loki. And really quickly, he turned into I have a conscience, Loki. Uh, and that I found that a little disconcerting. Um, and it was kind of the same with Sylvie. We first meet her and she's killing people left and right and brain raping everybody. And then all of a sudden she's like, huh, I've met my I've met another Loki and they fall in love with each other. Which I, I thought that was hilarious. You know, Loki's falling in love with themselves. Um, <laughs> but. I, I just their relationship just downgraded both of them to kind of sappy uh, 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 demi heroes instead of interesting villains trying to get through what they were doing. Um, but that being said, I enjoyed the series overall and I had a good time with it. The the scene that you're talking about where they were sitting and talking to each other that was one of my favorite scenes of the whole show because you could almost see Loki changing. And she said, uh, Sylvie said that she's been around so long. She's not a Loki anymore. She is in the comic. She's Sylvie, the enchanted or the enchantress or something like that. Um, so she's, she's been around way longer, like a uh, way longer than Loki has. And, uh, and so I guess with with age comes <laughs> comes wisdom. <laughs> and and again, you you just as I said, I don't have the comic background on these characters, so all I have to go by is what I see on the screen. And what I saw on the screen was a little sketchy. Yeah, but what I like about this show is that even if you even if you don't know the comics, you you're not completely lost. There's still enough there just from your knowledge of knowing what you've seen on the, sh- on the, in the movies that, uh, that you can keep up with, uh, most of what's going on. Now, if you have comics knowledge, there's another, le- there's another layer to it and, uh, and you can enjoy it a lot more, but they also, yeah, I, I agree with you that Loki went from being really bad to really good rather quickly, but at the same time, they only had six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> they had to get it. They had to get from A to B as, as, in some way, I guess. But, uh, Scott, what about you? Uh, I, I thought it was good. Um, I, I found myself throughout, uh, most of the six episodes focusing on any or everyone and everything other than Loki himself. Uh, Part of that is because um, throughout the course of the MCU, since his character was introduced in the first Thor film, he 
Tom Hiddleston as Loki exploded on the internet as one of the arguably the most popular part of that first Thor film and everyone's favorite MCU villain because everyone was just in love with Tom Hiddleston as Loki. And I couldn't really get why I thought it was a a great character and uh, well-performed, but I wasn't falling over myself to get more of him Mm -hmm. while everyone else in the world was. And I, I didn't get why. Um, And I think I do, to a small degree, hold a grudge against the character because Thor, the dark world uh, in its script writing process, the, the powers that be decided, you know what? Loki is super duper popular. So he needs to be in this movie more, like a lot more, like a lot, lot more expand his character. So he's in it a lot more. Also Darcy, people really like Darcy because she's quippy and she makes the jokes and she's the comic relief. So we need a lot more of her. And I'm sure some of the screenwriters were like, but she doesn't further the plot. She's just a comic relief. She doesn't do anything. And the powers that be says, we don't care. People like her. So put her in it more. So when the screenwriters say we need to expand both these characters a lot so we can satisfy people who like them, what do we give up in order to make room for them? And the obvious answer is the villain. So the antagonist of Thor the Dark World got pared down to just barely tissue paper thin. And that's why, in my opinion, Malekith is the worst villain that we've seen in the MCU so far. Because they couldn't do anything with him because they had to give all of the time that they would have built up his character to these other two characters that people just liked looking at more. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my big long tirade on why I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to the character of Loki in this series called Loki. Having, (laughs) having said that, I liked how they put it together. I enjoyed the approach that they had with the series. The, the action set pieces, what few of them there were were fun to watch. I thought the effects were great. Um, lots of good character moments. Uh, I've never liked Owen Wilson as much as I did in this, uh, in this series. And when we get to the sixth episode, not only did I really enjoy the introduction of spoilers, Kang, um, but I really appreciated a season coming to a climax in a final episode with nary a sky beam or midair special effects battle to be found. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Hashtag uh, no sky beam. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the series. I thought that uh, when I first heard that they were going to make it, I wasn't expecting much. I was like, how are they going to make an entire series out of a villain? And make it something that's going to be compelling to watch, you know. But they pulled it off because every week I was, I was looking forward to it. And I don't remember there being an episode that I didn't enjoy. Um, and I love the, 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 the TVA stuff because... So the TVA is like Time Cop. They go to a time whenever a new timeline is starting to branch off and they reset it. So that there's only one sacred timeline. And they followed the guidance of these timekeepers, which are three giant space lizards. And, um, 
And but but I like that they've got all the super advanced technology and everything, but it looks like a 1960s office, and they keep everything on everything's on paper. They have files and all that kind of stuff, you know. I really really enjoyed that uh, 60s retro aesthetic that they used for the TVA. Yeah, big big fan. I also because I drank a lot of it back in the 90s when I was younger. I adored the cameo appearance by Josta in the first two episodes. I saw you post something about that. I had never heard of the stuff. Yeah, me so. neither. It must, I, it must be a, a northern thing because I never saw a can of that stuff before this series. I loved it. I don't know if I saw cans of it, but I would the the gas station right around from from my house uh, would always always have twenty ounce bottles of it. So. A 20-ounce bottle of Josta and a Slim Jim was my snack of choice in my uh, in my early teens. It was a good time. <laughs> was I it missed... just a Was it just like a cola? Um, I I don't know if it had a, a specific flavor to it. Um, I, it was slurm. it uh, kind of like slurm. I I think because I, I don't want to take the time to look it up now, but I know that. When I posted on Facebook about it, I did do a, a quick refresher and I read the Wikipedia article, which is not very long. Um, it was essentially the first soda that marketed itself as um, as an energy drink, uh, but it was still a soda. But it had a little bit of extra caffeine and it had like guarana and you know a few other things that you find in most all the energy drinks out on the market now. Uh, they were putting it in in Josta back then. Um, it it, it, jolt. Yeah, I was about to say we had jolt. <laughs> <laughs> Double the sugar and twice the caffeine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't remember when jolt came out. So it maybe was, it was all right. My main my my most uh, memorable experience with jolt cola was I was um, this had to be nineteen eighties. Ooh, four or five, and I had left uh, in, in my scene uh, stage uh, scene design class. I had post put off finishing a set model, a little scale model of a of a play set, uh, until of course the night before it was due. And so I sat down in my garage with a card table, exacto knives, a bunch of foam core, and a two liter bottle of Jolt Cola. And at six by six a.m., the two liter was empty. I could vibrate through solid objects, and I had something <laughs> that could vaguely be described as a set model assembled on that table. <laughs> yeah, I remember buying. I remember getting a jolt uh, at the store and bringing it home. And I was halfway through it, and my dad just happened to look at the label, <laughs> and he looked at my mom and said, "Why did you buy this for them?" <laughs> I did like in the first episode that the first episode picks up right there at during Endgame, and we're seeing Tony Stark and we see the Hulk and Thor and and all that, and which I know they're just reusing footage they already had, but it was it was cool to see them in 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 this series. And, um, but we find out when he disappeared in Endgame, he went somewhere in the desert and he got picked up by the TVA and they arrested him. And, uh, we find out that this Loki is just one of many, many variants of Loki that they've 
arrested throughout time. You know, they've every time he tries something that creates a new timeline, he gets arrested and and there's uh there's many versions of him. They all they said they all look different. And uh no no two are alike is what they said. So uh and then the one that we meet that's the other one uh in the series is Lady Loki and we which we come to know as Sylvie throughout the series. We meet her in the second episode. Did you guys notice in uh in the TBA the little cartoon clock that they use, Miss Minutes? You realize whose voice that was? That was Tara Strong. Tara Strong. I, I know that they they made a big point of and Tara Strong is Miss Minutes, but I don't know who she is. She's Harley Quinn in most of the animated stuff. Uh, oh, okay. DC. She's, I mean, she does a lot of other stuff, but that's the big, the big other thing that she's known for is Harley Quinn. Well, Tara Strong was the first replacement. The original voice for Harley Quinn was Arlene Sorkin, um, in Batman, the animated series and, and stuff around that time. Uh, Tara Strong took over, like, think the Arkham Asylum games and, maybe some of the DC movies when they started recasting some of the original voices. Yeah. Um, but Tara strong, I, Tara strong is everywhere. I think she did, uh, a couple voices on my little pony friendship is magic. Um, mm. I think she's, she's probably on like teen Titans. Uh, her, her voice is just everywhere. She is all over the place. I guarantee okay. you've heard her. Oh Yeah. I figured she had to be a bigger deal because, you know, Miss Minutes until the very end really isn't that much of a of a thing on screen to get a and and featuring so and so as this when it's like, you know, the the the, the cartoon shows up for, you know, a few seconds in yeah. most of the episodes. She was a uh... Barbara Gordon in the new adventures, uh, in the new Batman adventure. She was, uh, she was in Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Mm-hmm. She was in the Fairly Odd Parents. Who did she voice in Teen Titans? It doesn't say. It just says she was in Teen Titans and Teen oh, Titans okay. Go. And then she was the voice of Timmy Turner in the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, really? And she's, she's the voice of, uh, Dill in the all grown up Rugrats cartoon. You know, the one where they were older. She was the voice of Dill Pickles in that. Uh, Powerpuff Girls, she's Bubbles. I thought she was in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ben 10, she was, she was in that. She was Ben in Ben 10. Uh, Meg Griff, she does the singing voice for Meg Griffin in Family Guy. And yeah, she was in, uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic as Twilight Sparkle. Ah. So, and I mean, tons and tons of other stuff, but that's, you know, top of her list there. So. I think j- jumping back to uh, discussing the TVA for a moment with uh, their 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 job of going to different points in the timeline where it's diverged and wiping them out in order to preserve the one sacred timeline. Consider the fact that the sacred timeline includes the Avengers being victorious over Thanos. Uh, at the conclusion of Endgame, I think it might have been uh, interesting and a nice um, uh, support of that particular uh, plot thread from the movies, and also a little funny 
to show the TVA, and you don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it, but just take a few moments to show the TVA going out and stopping and erasing uh, different offshoots of the timeline where members of the Avengers did the wrong thing. Like, <laughs> like for all the people who were um, pitching a big fit um, during Infinite or after watching Infinity War over the fact that Star-Lord ruined everything by losing his temper and hitting Thanos and, and blowing their shot at getting the gauntlet off his hand. If they had just taken a moment to recreate that scene and have him control his temper and not punch Thanos and then have the TVA come in and wipe out that particular uh, <laughs> alternate timeline because yeah. that's not the one that leads to victory. So we have to wipe it out. Doctor Strange said of all the millions that he looked at, there was only one where they were victorious. Show the TVA shepherding things toward the one timeline where they're successful and wiping out the the variants where they would have lost. I I thought that would have been funny. And it would have been a nice way to explain how they got to that one timeline where they win. Not that Marvel is exactly impoverished, but that would have been so incredibly expensive to do. Well, they can they could have found clever ways to do it where they don't have to bring the entire cast back to do a full on scene, but just you know little things like they, they could have used audio from the movies and a little bit of CGI trickery to show us you know just a particular angle where you see something happen, and then TVA comes in, drops one of their little. You know, canisters. Boom. Hmm. They could have solved the. They could have solved the argument of did did Cap going back to stay with uh, Peggy Carter create a new timeline or is he in the same timeline? They could have. They could have shown him go back and uh, set off a charge to keep that in the to keep him in the same timeline or something like that. Is that a debate? But, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a there's a big debate over whether or not when when Cap went back in time and he stayed with Peggy Carter, did that branch off and create a new timeline where and then and then Cap used his uh his last uh, pim particles after Peggy died to come back over into our reality or was he in this timeline the entire time and just growing older? You know, I don't know. <laughs> Lady Loki is played by Sophia DiMartino and I thought she was great. I I loved her. I thought I I just wish her character was more dynamic. She was really interesting when she was being absolutely badass and then it it's like they took her battery pack out and said, "All right, now you're going to be really subdued and sad and brooding and then every now and then try to kill somebody." but it's not going to work. And, and I just, I liked her so much when, when we didn't know who she was and then, and then she just kind of just lost all of her momentum by like the, the fourth or fifth episode. I did like the, the scene where her and uh, Loki are stranded on that, uh, on that planet. And they're just uh, sitting there watching the, the moon fall apart or whatever they were looking at. Um, Loki summons a blanket and then he shares that blanket with her. 
But when you really think about it, Loki is a frost giant. He didn't need a blanket. So he summoned that blanket and shared it with her just so they could be closer. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Because <laughs> it's something that you have to think about because you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't realize that if you didn't uh, really think about the history of where this character came from and stuff. Let, let me ask you a question. Okay. Now, folks, please don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the series. But if we just sit here for an hour and go, yeah, that was really cool. Uh, this won't be a very interesting show. <laughs> um, that conversation, um, that, that whole segment where they're sitting there and the, you know, they try to get to the, the first they're on the train and that whole episode, that whole Loki in this show is inept as beep. <laughs> He's just constantly <laughs> screwing up. And I mean, I know that, you know, in, in the, in the, 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 the movies and presumably in the comics, cause he's the villain, he has to fail, but he's never been this much of a screw up, you know, like going to get drunk when they're trying to, trying to, to, to hatch a plan and stuff. And then they're sitting there after the, the, the escape ship has been destroyed and they're sitting there like, Oh, woe is us. This is a guy. Now, I don't know about Lady Loki, but presumably she's as invulnerable, too, who was slammed into the ground repeatedly by the freaking Hulk and just went, ow. Why the hell would a planet exploding around them be a problem? Or why don't they just be? They're freaking gods. And they're just sitting there acting like a couple of people who are waiting to be killed. I just I didn't get that part. Every now and then it seemed like the writers remembered, oh, yeah, he's a god. Let's have him materialize a blanket. But when it came to doing anything significant. Yeah. I got the idea that she's a lot more powerful than he is. But I don't. But she, I mean, like I said, she's a lot older than him, too. I don't know why they went that route mm-hmm. other than just it works better for the story for him not to. <laughs> I guess. Not to I do just, those things. <laughs> because yes, Scott, I am one of those guys. I have such a man crush on Tom Hiddleston; it's not funny. And I really enjoyed Loki in the previous, <laughs> in, in, you know, in all the previous movies, um, especially when we got into the later movies where he was still, you know, he was Gaius Baltar, but he was finding his, you know, his heart a little bit. And that's what I wanted from this Loki. But this Loki just kind of went. Oh, I'm suddenly selfish or selfless where, and, and I mean, it was still an interesting story, but he stopped being Loki really fast other than just being Tom Hiddleston's face. Yeah. Well, they, they used the, uh, the visual record of his future history, um, essentially spoilers for Loki in his own life. By the time he got to the end of it and he saw how, he ended mm-hmm. in the in the sacred timeline. They used that as a forcibly to, to forcibly redirect his character and his characterization into the direction they needed it to go for him to be a protagonist as opposed to an antagonist. And while I I understood it when they did it. It did seem a little bit sudden. He held on a little bit to some of his uh, mischievous, selfish tendencies. Yeah, for yeah. Because he said, "I'm taking over the T. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of the timekeepers and take over the TVA." That's what he's told 
uh, Sylvie when they first met. So. Mm-hmm. So seeing what he did in the sacred timeline and how he, and how he ended up that it shook him up enough to be accepting of a, uh, of a change. It, it, it made him receptive to becoming a different person. And once he met Sylvie and realized who she was and got to know her just a little bit, that's what really, what really cemented that change in his character, um, which left him for the second half of the season uh, almost an entirely different character from the one that we've seen since the beginning mm-hmm. of, of the MCU. Um, not necessarily a bad thing. It's just how they chose to, to develop the character, because if he's going to be headlining his own Disney Plus series, he has to be the hero-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how they're going to reconcile all of his character growth here with, because there is another version of Loki that we've already seen in the sacred timeline all the way up to uh, Infinity War. And I'm, I'm really, uh, I really want to see how they're going to reconcile those two eventually. I guess they will. <laughs> now, now one thing I really liked was how I, Kang, if you will, they never said that, so I know we're all assuming. No, they called him he who he, he who, who remains remains, yeah. which in the in the um, the dialogue that he used, basically he's not Kang. He is a variant of the same person that Kang is a variant of. So he's not Kang, but Kang is a variant of this same person. Okay, I didn't get that, but oh, because he said you can, you can, you can take over or you can kill me. If you kill me, there's worse versions of me that are going to come. And Kang the Conqueror is one of those. Okay, Um, sure, why not? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I like how. First of all, I loved his character. I I loved his rambling. I loved the, the portrayal of someone who has existed so long that they are absolutely freaking insane and cannot relate to people on any level whatsoever. Yeah. And, and yeah. I really enjoyed that. I thought he, he did a fantastic portrayal of it. Um, and I also love that. It, and you know, and I, I granted, I only watched it the one time, um, but it seemed to me, he was saying the sacred timeline was just sort of an arbitrary one. He went, all right, this is going to be it. <laughs> and I love the fact that it was just because that was something I was kind of curious about the whole time is what makes this timeline sacred? And basically he said, I mean, he, they didn't ask them, but basically it sounded to me like he was saying, well, we needed one. So this one. <laughs> yeah, we picked one. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that was that character is played by Jonathan Majors, which if you've seen Lovecraft Country, that's the yet. that's the big show that he was on uh, last year. That's. Still very good, even though it's not coming back for a season two. It's still yeah. a very good show. Um, and we will see plenty more of, of him because Lo- Loki is going to be, they've already announced that there's going to be a Loki season two, but Loki is also going to be in Doctor Strange 2. Jonathan Majors is set to be in the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Oh, yeah. And 
I don't know about Thor Love and Thunder. I don't know if it's going to carry over into that or not. But which, by the way, in the in the episode with all of the Lokis, uh, where where Loki got pruned and got sent to the void, uh, did you guys see Throg? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> that was funny. Yes, uh, it did. Rick, there's there's a scene, there's one shot where they go down into the ground and you see Thor's hammer uh in the inside the ground. Yeah. And next to it there is a jar with a frog wearing Thor's uh armor <laughs> jumping back and forth in it. That is Throg. And that's an Easter egg from the comics. They actually said that in uh uh Ragnarok there was a uh mention that Loki had turned Thor into a frog when they were younger or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that mention. I like the idea that Thor and Loki were both kind of mischievous when they were younger, you know, like, uh, uh, Loki was DB Cooper because Thor put him up to it. (laughs) I felt proud of myself because I did not have to run to the, to, to Google and look up the name after Mobius said it because I, I already knew, uh, what they were trying to say with that scene. So that was, that was my moment of pride in that, in that episode. When she said, Mr. Cooper, I, I just, I laughed. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I saw something on the history channel about DB Cooper a few years ago. And, uh, that was, I hearkened back to that. They still don't know what happened to him. It's, it's assumed he didn't survive parachuting from the plane, but they never found a body. So yeah. Yeah. Never found the money either. No, <laughs> no he, he, he disappeared. Good. Also caused single-handedly caused aircraft uh, doors to be redesigned so they cannot open while in flight. Mm. We also, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other characters, which I, I don't know all of their names. I know uh, Owen Wilson played uh, Mobius. Wow. And, and wow. like you said, Scott, I'm not a big wow. Owen Wilson fan either, but I did really enjoy his performance in this show. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought he did well. They, they, they forced him to, play a character that play a character. I think you can stop right there. (laughs) They made it clear um, in some of the uh, interviews and articles, I think after the season started, but it was still very early in the season and some interviews were coming out where the showrunner was saying at no point will Mobius say, (laughs) wow, wow, wow. And I, I think it was a good move for them to resist any potential temptation that they might have had for him to say that word just once because everyone expects wow. him to say, wow. And and by having the character not say it, it freed us from that distraction, although some people were probably just waiting for him to say it. But they wrote the character in such a way, and he performed it in such a way, where it would not make sense for him to to even say that. That's how far they distanced him from the type of characters that he has been playing for so many years now is that the word wow would have been out of place. And so I appreciated that. Uh, and also he finally got himself a decent goddamn haircut. That also <laughs> helped. But did they, did they make his nose look more broken with makeup or is it just? No, that that's the way it looks. Okay. Yeah. Just how it is. I did want to bring up a, I thought it was great the way that they brought Sif into the show without having her actually be on the show. You know, she was, it wasn't really her. It was like a, I don't know if you can call her a hologram or something like that. When, uh, 
Loki got put into that prison. Mm-hmm. And Sif comes out and says, you did <laughs> this to my hair <laughs> and just starts beating him up. And then every time she storms out, she comes back in the other door and beats him up again. <laughs> she is definitely earning a reputation as the person that you go to and bring them in on a series as a guest star to link back to the movies when you can't get Chris Hemsworth to do it. Yeah. They had her in agents of shield. At least once. I, I I didn't watch it after like the second season, so I don't know if they ever brought her back or not. I think I think they brought her in twice. Once yeah, in the first season, and then again like two or three seasons later. I don't know. I I didn't get to the final season of Agents of Shield. I saw it all but the final season. By then, it was just getting a little, a little, a little crazy. She had her own show for a while, not not as Sif. She had her own show on uh, NBC, I think, that I can't remember the name of right now. But it was uh, Blind saw a few Spot. episodes. Yeah, Blind Spot, where she was covered in tattoos that told the future. Oh, that was her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they 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 determine at some point that everybody in this place is uh, they're all variants. The timekeepers have been taking people out. Uh, of their timelines and putting them here. And not only that, the timekeepers aren't real. Sylvie cuts one of their heads off and it's a robot. And, you know, eventually we meet Kang and all that, which we've already talked about a little bit. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to season two. I like, I want to see where this goes. Uh, this kind of set up, it seems like this sets up the thread that's going to go through, uh, phase is this phase four? Unofficially. Um, fr- from what I've read, uh, it's been suggested that the phases were used as their way of delineating the chapters of the Avengers movies. But yeah. by the end of Endgame, the Avengers essentially don't exist. And your primary Avengers being Captain America, uh, Iron Man, Thor, aren't really on the board anymore. I mean, Thor's around, but he's kind of, you know, backing off to do his own thing. Uh, Cap and Iron Man, obviously not in the Avengers anymore. So, uh, it's, there's doubt as to whether or not we're going to see any more Avengers movies. We don't know if there's going to be a, a fifth one. So whether or not they're going to call it phase four leading up to a new Avengers film or not, it's, that's up in the air. Before we move on away from the uh, the ancillary cast, can I just say how much I appreciated Richard E. Grant? Oh yeah, yeah. Classic. What is it? Classic Loki? Is that what they're calling him? That well, that's what they called him in the closed captions. They called um, him classic, classic Loki. I you know this is where not being a, a fan of the comics really was a was a, a handicap for me because he looked so stupid in that outfit. And as a one-time visual joke, I was like, all right, ha-ha. But then when they carried on with him, and I was like, are we really doing this? Um, but he played it so straight that by the time he got squashed, I was on board with him. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. Yes, I agree. Um, it, it was it was weird to see that look persist, knowing that he was going to be like you know a character for at least that episode. And they're not changing that outfit at all. But at the same time, I, I, I clap my hands for them on that because he did look exactly like 
old school Jack Kirby style Loki. Yeah, and that's what my wife said because I'm like, what the? I was and and I was like, it was like when they did the the Halloween costumes in in Wandavision. Yep, yep, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, but it, I mean, if you think about it, so he he would have been like a version of Loki from the '60s or from the '50s or whatever. Which those kinds of costumes might have been the norm for superheroes at that time. And if he got, if he got pruned and sent to the void wearing that, that's his clothes. <laughs> that's all he's got, you know? So it kind of makes sense for him to still be wearing it. But, uh, I, you know, I, I liked it. I liked it. I, I tend to like when they take the, uh, the superhero costumes and make them look more realistic. Like the way they did, uh, Captain America's first costume that he wore in the first Avenger made it look more functional and everything. I, I really enjoyed that one. I think that's, I think that might be my second favorite cap uniform, uh, in all the movies was his first one. But he's not a human character. You know, he's more, he's a god. So he's more flamboyant and all of that. And if you've seen pictures of Richard Grant when he was younger, Looks just like Tom Hiddleston, you know. So they they got the casting right. What'd you guys think of Alligator Loki? <laughs> <sighs> you think young young Loki and Alligator Loki will be getting their own series on Disney Plus anytime soon? <laughs> I I guess if we you know we're again the these are areas where I have to go. All right, this is not my vieux, so I just have to grin and bear it. But then again, I also really enjoyed Into the Spider-Verse where we had a freaking spider pig. So yeah, I guess well, a Loki alligator isn't that far from that. <laughs> well, Spider-Ham had his own comic title for a while. This alligator Loki, I've never heard of an alligator Loki from the comics. Now, I don't know if it's a real thing or if they just made it up for the series. Regardless, the traction that alligator Loki has gotten online since he appeared in that episode, <laughs> I I'm picturing alligator Loki and grudge the cat and baby Yoda <laughs> all hanging out at a bar after shooting one day and saying, why do people love us so much? Yeah. The, the, the thing is uh, all of these versions of Loki got sent here because they were part of a timeline that branched off and the TVA came in and pruned off that timeline and sent them to the void. So this alligator Loki was a Loki that something happened to him. He got turned into an alligator and then that changed that that created a new reality. They had to prune that off. That's why Throg was there. That's why young Loki was there because he said, I killed Thor. Well, you weren't supposed to kill Thor. So we had to prune that off. I will point out the fact that at one point someone did question whether or not it was an actual Loki as an alligator or if it was just an alligator with a funny hat. And they didn't really answer the question. No, they, yeah, they did. The kid, the, the kid said, he's a Loki. <laughs> he uh, said, they said, why is that alligator here? He said, he's a Loki. <laughs> he doesn't do anything, you know, especially Loki-esque except wear the hat. Well, he, he bites bite his hand, hand off. off. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, you know what? Thor took off Loki's hand as well. Who cares? Big deal. <laughs> or wait, or did did Loki take off Thor's hand? I don't care. It's not proof positive. He <laughs> might not be a Loki. It might just be an alligator. 
other than Loki, what what have you guys been watching lately, Scott? Um, I am, but once again, which is you know par for the course for me. I am sometimes late to the party on on certain movies and TV shows, but I did recently watch the Nicolas Cage starring film. I believe it was from 2018 called Mandy. I've heard of that. Has anyone seen Mandy? I haven't seen it. I don't think so. I know the song. Let me look it up. Maybe she I came and she gave without taking. I sent you away, <laughs> oh Mandy. Uh, okay, yep, yep. Two, 2018. Um, okay, di- uh, co-written and directed by uh, Panos Cosmatos. Oh, that guy. <laughs> He's a Greek Canadian filmmaker. Um, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing the, the, the name correctly, but holy crap, this movie. Whoa. Produced by Elijah Wood, starring Nicolas Cage as a lumberjack named Red Miller. <laughs> uh, he and his girlfriend, Mandy, uh, played by Andrea Riceboro. They live, uh, they live in a really nice cabin by a lake up in the woods, uh, very secluded. They just, you know, they do their own thing. They have their own life. They're very, uh, happy and comfortable there. And the film takes on very much the feeling of like a late seventies psychedelic horror film. And it rides that wave straight through to the end where, um, as Mandy is walking down the road, just, just having a walk, just having a walk around where they live. And a, a van goes by and inside the van is a cult leader and his followers of about a half dozen people. The cult leader sees Mandy and it, they're described in this Wikipedia article as a deviant hippie cult. The cult leader sees Mandy, becomes instantly enamored with her. They hire. Uh, it's oh, it's so weird. It's so trippy. They they hire what is essentially a biker gang made up of, for all intents and purposes, demons. Like, like almost otherworldly demons. Um, they they live off of. Uh, quite possibly uh, cannibalizing human flesh and uh, drinking a uh, incredibly potent liquid form of LSD. <laughs> These demon bikers find Mandy, kidnap her, um, and the cult leader tries to sway her to into his thrall. It doesn't work, so they tie up Nicolas Cage's character with barbed wire, they they tie him to um, uh, essentially a post out in the yard. They bring out a huge sack with Mandy in it. They hang the sack from a hook, and then they set it on fire. And then Nicolas Cage, once he gets out of his barbed wire bonds, he goes and collects his, uh, his crossbow. You see him forge an axe. The, a, a wicked, like death metal style uh, fantasy acts. And then he just goes on a spree and tracks down everyone from, from the cult and, and exacts his revenge. 
And this movie is crazy from top to bottom. As it Nicolas is, Cage's movies tend to be. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he has uh, a tendency for playing crazy, uh, not infrequently. But this is definitely a highlight of the crazy Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. He goes all in with this one. He had a screaming coach for this movie. <laughs> I watched a movie that he made. I think it also came out in 2018. It was called Between Worlds. And it's on Hulu or Netflix or something like that. But the the premise of the movie is that he's a truck driver. Down on his luck, truck driver. About to lose his rig. Uh, his wife and his daughter died in a fire a couple of years before. Mm-hmm. He I'm meets this a theme here. <laughs> yeah, he he meets this woman. She can communicate with the dead, but in order to do it, somebody has to choke her nearly to death. <laughs> you know, so uh, <laughs> her daughter is in a coma. Why the hell would you watch these movies? <laughs> Just Nicholas Cage. There's something about Nicholas Cage movies that I love. Um, he, her daughter is in a coma. She wants Nicolas Cage to choke her so that she can go and get her daughter's soul back. This is at the beginning of the movie. This is like in the first 10 minutes. (laughs) He does that, but in so doing, she actually brings, uh, accidentally brings Nicolas Cage's wife back into her daughter's body. Well, eventually, the daughter tells him that it's that she's actually his wife. And of course they start sleeping together. And there is a, um, there is a hilarious part. I I do just want to jump in and say, uh, and request uh, not too many additional spoilers because I have this movie. I recently acquired it and I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to tell you anything. I I just, I I just, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to say one more thing because there is this hilarious part. There's a montage of him and this girl uh, having sex in different places, bedroom, van, things like that. And she says, and she says, read to me from memories. He pulls out a book and on the cover, it says memories by Nicholas cage. <laughs> and he starts reading really bad poetry from it while they're having sex. <laughs> wow. It, it probably should be pointed out that, um, you know, that movie, Between Worlds and Mandy, both made in 2018. And it was around that time, certainly shortly before uh, Mandy was filmed, that uh, Nicolas Cage's marriage to, I can't remember the name of uh, of his wife at the time, but I think they'd been married for 13 years and that marriage uh, ended, quote unquote, suddenly. Is that Patricia Arquette? Was it who he was married to? He was married to Patricia Arquette for a while. If he was married to Patricia Arquette, it, he was not married to her at at this time. Um, I guess I I know I saw the name, but I know it wasn't Patricia Arquette. It was not a name that I recognized. I think it might have been uh, Amy or Julie or something. Uh, but whatever the name of the wife was, that marriage came to an end suddenly, and he had it. It was it was devastating for him. He he was having a lot of difficulty with it. And he used the filming of Mandy as an outlet for it. So the, whatever craziness you see Nicholas Cage uh, exhibiting 
on screen in Mandy, a lot of that was him just kind of, you know, processing and working out, uh, some of the, some of the emotions that he was dealing with. And there are a few scenes that come to mind where I say, Oh yeah, that's, that's what he's doing there for sure. <laughs> Walking around in a, in a Jersey style t-shirt and tidy whities and nothing else. Um, uh, well, you guys are just selling me more and more on these movies. I can't wait to not watch them over and over again. <laughs> th- throwing back almost an entire bottle of vodka through, through, you know, long swigs and, you know, pouring it over the various wounds that he has, like from the barbed wire on his wrists and hands, the stab wound in, in his uh, abdomen, the cuts on his face. He just pouring vodka everywhere to, to disinfect the wounds and also to, you know, just embrace the pain. <laughs> he just goes bonkers in that scene. It's it's it, it it it's a fun movie to watch, but don't try to necessarily understand everything that's happening because you won't be successful. Yeah. But yeah, uh <laughs> he's kind of all over the place with his movies. I mean yeah. sometimes they're sometimes they're serious and, and, and good and sometimes they're just off the wall bonkers. No, he because he got he got to the point where he was uh, he owed so much money that he could not turn a movie down. Whatever was offered to him, he had to take it. Mm-hmm. So, and and I don't know what his financial situation is at this point. I would hope that considering the number of movies that he's done, he has paid back the IRS what he owed, and he is no longer in so much debt. I think at this point, Nicolas Cage has realized that he has developed a reputation as uh, a very uh, kind of out there performer in direct to video stuff. And I think he's just leaning into it. I think he's embracing it. And I think he is taking the opportunity to, to try as many different roles as he can and to try different things to experiment. I don't think he harbors any illusions that he's going to return to, uh, you know, be a, a headlining box office draw like he was, uh, back in the days of like uh, uh, Con Air or uh, Leaving Las Vegas, I don't think he expects to get back to a Leaving Las Vegas level. Yeah, I, I think he's just enjoying himself. I think he he likes acting. I think he likes uh, pushing himself and and trying new characters. And I think he's taking full advantage of being a uh, one might say a darling of the direct to video industry. Yeah, and and just having all the fun that he can. And it makes for some interesting movies. That's for sure. Yeah. You'll get to the end of Mandy and you're not going to understand what you just watched, but you're going to know that you watched a goddamn movie. (laughs) But if they ever decide to make a national treasure three, you better believe he'll hop on that. (laughs) Yeah. And he better, he would be dumb not to, uh, Rick, what about you? What you've been watching? Well, I, I watched a movie we can't talk about. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, not not really much else. Uh, we've been watching, like I said earlier, the Harley Quinn cartoon, which we're really enjoying. Um, have we talked about this on this show before? You mentioned it uh, episode, couple episodes back, I think, that you've been um, watching it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not for kids. So yeah. <laughs> if, if you think it's a kids show, that is, let me disabuse you of that right now. Um. But uh, yeah, we're we're still enjoying it. Um, getting more fun as it goes on, as they add more characters, and uh, uh, yeah, that that's pretty much it. You know, I've been on the road for most of the last 
10 days, so I didn't really get a chance to watch too much since the last time we talked. Uh, I did watch the, I think, I think it was the season finale of Superman and Lois last night. Nope. Was it not? Is there um, more coming? It wait. seemed like a finale. They, they seemed like they were wrapping things up. <laughs> was, was it la- la- last night, you said? Well, I watched it last night. Oh, okay. But it, it was this week's episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, this, I don't think this will really be uh, much of a spoiler. Was, was Diggle in that episode? Yes. Okay, not the season finale. There's like three more episodes. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. Cause they really seem like they were wrapping things up. I guess, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Good. <laughs> Good, cause I like the show. Uh, I have watched over the last couple of weeks, my wife and I started watching The Good Fight on Paramount Plus. I never watched The, the Good Wife. But the good fight is the spinoff of the good wife that they created when CBS All Access started. Mm-hmm. And they're like into season five now. So we started what we started watching a couple weeks ago and we're in season two now. And it's a, it's a really good show. It's a, it's a law show. It's a legal lawyers and their defense lawyers is a, it's a, a law firm that's traditionally, it was a mostly black firm. Now they have a couple of partners at this time that are white. The main uh, character or the character from the good wife that, that they put on this show, she's white. Um, but it kind of reminds me of Boston legal, whereas it's got a lot of serious legal drama, but there's enough comedy and some crazy off the wall stuff that happens that it'll remind you it's it's less of law and order and more of Boston legal LA law kind of stuff, you know? So, uh, so we're enjoying that. Um, I did watch the devil all the time last week, which is a film that had Tom Holland and Sebastian Stan in it. That came out last year. Uh, it was mostly filmed like right around where I live, like within 20 miles of where I live, but it doesn't take place around here. It takes place in West Virginia. It's a, it's a Southern Gothic type story. It's uh Tom Holland uh, plays this guy who was raised his parents or his dad was really, really religious. Uh, but the type of religion that if you do the wrong thing, you get beat within an inch of your life, you know, it, it's a dark story, but it's uh but it was, it had some good performances in it. I think Tom Holland did a good job. Sebastian Stan did a good job. There's other people in it too, but uh, I recommend it. But like I said, it's a dark story. So if you don't like dark stuff, um, don't watch it. But you might like The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. I watched that last week too. And it's got Ryan Reynolds, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, and Salma Hayek in it. And if you've ever seen The Hitman's Bodyguard, I mean, it's just, it's the same thing. It's a little bit more silly than that, <laughs> but still, you know, it's 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 pretty good. I liked it. So. The the trailers definitely leaned into the the silly for the sequel. Yeah, yeah, it it, and, it definitely is. And you know, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, and this might take us back to to Loki tangentially. Uh, has anyone seen the the video that recently hit of it, it's. It's essentially an advertisement for Free Guy. Yeah, with with the rock dude from Fe- Ragnarok. Featuring, yeah, Deadpool and uh, Korg from from Ragnarok mm-hmm. doing a yeah. reaction a reaction video to the Free Guy trailer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I posted it to the uh, Facebook page 
yesterday or the day before. Oh, okay. Does anyone think that this is a very soft way for them to indicate that Deadpool is coming to the MCU? Or is it just Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi having some fun? Why, why is this even a question? I've, I've seen this going around Facebook. I, I thought it was already a done deal that Deadpool was... Well, I mean, he, Colossus and Negasonic Teenage whatever were in the two Deadpool movies, and they're clearly in the same... They're contemporaneous with the X-Men, so why is this even an issue? Because the X-Men aren't in the MCU. Yeah, this is... Oh, good point. (laughs) I I, I only chuckle because you're the (laughs) second person in 24 hours that I've had to point that out to. (laughs) Damn, you're right. The the X-Men will be in the MCU, but it won't be the version of the X-Men that we know from Fox. They're going to recreate all those characters. Yeah, Uh, the same with the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Deadpool will, I think my theory is that yes, Deadpool will be considered part of the MCU in that they will make Deadpool movies. They will have MCU characters show up in his movies, but Deadpool won't ever be in like an Avengers movie. If they do, he's going to be so watered down because they'll continue to make his movies R rated because that's what's successful. That's what makes money. You know what I could see happening is him showing up in a in a mainstream MCU movie and then getting bleeped like crazy. And every time he get gets bleeped, he's like, "Oh come on, that wasn't yeah. bad." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he sh- if he shows up in a MCU movie, uh, it'll be a cameo. He won't be part of the main action. I think that uh, you'll definitely see a Deadpool movie that a character or a couple of characters from the MCU might show up in his movies. They might not be big main characters, but, uh, you know, they'll, they'll show up and, and be part of his, be part of his team or something like that. It'll be like, like a Baron Zemo level appearance. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a Thor level appearance. Now with, uh, what we just saw at the end of Loki with, with maybe Kang getting uh, getting dead and all these branching timelines kicking off, essentially creating uh, the MCU multiverse, which we did not have before. We had the sacred timeline. We didn't know it until until this season, but we had the sacred timeline, and now we have many, many, many alternate timelines. Did Loki just give us the mechanism through which we are going to get Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and What If and Spider-Man Far From Home and the villain for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Spider-Man uh, I'm sorry, uh, No Way Home. I don't, I mean, I, I, I do think Doctor, Doctor Strange and Quantumania are going to continue this thread. I don't know about the other movies because I don't really, I haven't really heard a whole lot. Now I have heard rumors. There's been rumors of, um, like Doctor, Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2 being in the next Spider-Man movie and stuff like that. So that would kind of, that would kind of lean towards there being some sort of merging of universes and stuff going on in that movie. But I don't, I don't know. Well, I've been, I've been hearing persistent rumors of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield showing up as their iterations of Spider-Man. 
in the next Spider-Man. I thought I, I thought I heard that they debunked that 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 wasn't happening. I, I was I was hearing you know yeah they're going to be in it, and then I'm hearing that they were saying no, but then again you know Disney will routinely lie to us in order to try to yeah, preserve uh, surprises, and then it turns that's out true. that what we thought was going to happen is what happened eventually anyway. So and they're gonna they're gonna get Adam West to reincarnate to play Batman and. Uh... <laughs> Such a curmudgeon. I, it's just, okay. It's just that, like you said, in the last year, and and even uh, Bullet Bingo was making fun of it and 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 made me laugh a couple of times because it was just like, and you know we and now so and so who played such and such two hundred years ago is coming back for a cameo in this movie and that movie and it and it's just getting ridiculous now. All of the the rumors and releases and leaks of. Who's coming back to play what, and they shouldn't, and they're going to, and it's just getting silly. Just put the movies out. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I like I said, COVID's got given us a, a, a craving to have something to talk about. So <laughs> yeah. Now, outside of the rumors of previous Spider Mans showing up in the next Spider Man movie, and um, the the Flash movie coming up. Including Michael Keaton's Batman, possibly Ben Affleck's Batman, uh, so on and so forth. Aside from those two movies, what other? Because I'm not saying there aren't any, but besides those two movies, what examples are there of other movies that are bringing in people to reprise roles for cameos? On this, level? just those. But there that, and that's part of my problem is it's just these two movies are driving the rumor mill lately and I'm it's I'm just getting a little fed up with it. And you know, this may be a byproduct. It, it definitely is a byproduct of the pandemic because these movies were supposed to come out a year ago and they've been languishing and and in post-production and and uh so they've got literally nothing else to talk about. And so it's all we've been hearing for the past year and it's it's just it, it just stop telling us and just put the movies out. <laughs> well, they got. I mean, they've got to keep. They got to keep something out there, or you'll forget that it's coming. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Spider Man and Batman are not going to. You know, they're they're not Confederate statues. We're not going to forget the the, the history <laughs> just because it's not in the news cycle. Because <laughs> I got to tell you that uh, the Batman the with Robert Pattinson. Up until mm-hmm. about two weeks ago, I completely forgot that that movie was even something that was happening. And would that really be such a bad thing? <laughs> yes, I think that movie looks awesome. <laughs> the trailer that I saw looked great. Let's, let's give them a chance to actually, you know, release the movie before we decide it's a bad movie. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm just. Yeah, you were. Really? I want new stuff. <laughs> I know I like Batman, but they've been, as I've said many times before, they've been remaking the same damn movie for twenty years now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. why do they keep making it? Because it makes money. No, exactly. Well, but that doesn't make it good. It is, that, that, that's the thing, Sean. I will grant you. Why do they keep remaking it? Because it makes money. Yes, that's true. But that doesn't mean that they're getting it right. But they're going to keep making it as long, as long as it makes money. They're going to keep making it, and if they don't make things that make money, then we can't get any of the in, any of the other stuff. I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping that one of these days, when they remake a Batman movie, they actually do Batman right because they've never quite they've never quite gotten it. 
it's always you know a, a little bit off to to this side or that side. They never they never quite hit the mark. Now, who's to say what the mark is? I, it's it's certainly not me. I can say what my mark for Batman is uh, based on the the period of time that I was trying to keep up with the comics and the characterization of Batman that they had at that time, which I consider to be my favorite. I haven't seen that Batman on the screen. And I'm, I'm still waiting for that one to show up because eventually they'll get all of them. They'll get all the different incarnations. They've gotten the goofy campy one. They've gotten the overly dark one. Everyone will get their own Batman eventually because they'll just keep remaking it. Yeah, and now we're getting into the age of we want we're gonna make we're gonna make our movies and our TV shows about villains because we've got Loki. You had Joker that won the freaking Oscar. Um, you got they just finished wrap they just finished wrapping uh, uh, Black Adam, you know, a week or so ago with The Rock, uh, and uh, yeah, so we're 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 gonna make movies of villains or antiheroes and and stuff like that. Which I'm fine with. I mean, if if they're done well, I thought the Joker was a great movie. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I I thought that movie was great. I mean, it was dark, but I like dark movies, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I didn't see it. I think it would have been fine if. And yes, I have not seen it, but I think if they had uh, released that movie and called it uh, Creepy Clown Man, it probably still would have been fine. <laughs> Not, but not nearly as many people would have gone to see it. When you put Joker on there, then you got people going to see it. Well, yeah, you got people going to see it because they think it's going to be a movie about the Joker, and this was a movie about a crazy clown man. Well, I think the trailers were pretty honest of what you were going to get. That it wasn't going to be. I don't think that anybody Can't went that. to see that movie thinking it was a thinking it was a Batman movie. If they went to see the movie and thought they were going to see a Batman movie, then they weren't watching the trailer close enough. <laughs> Have you been reading the news lately? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, not really. staggering number of idiots in this country. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, I don't remember the Joker being in the news. <laughs> no, and, and the movie companies know that their bread and butter is convincing people for good or ill to show up on opening weekend or to, or to stream it on opening weekend or whatever. And if intimating that this movie is part of a series that it really isn't gets a lot more people in the, in a lot more eyes on the screen. I don't think anyone in, in corporate is going to object to that as long as it's not actionable. Well, like I said, I don't, I don't think they did that. I mean the trailers that I saw. I mean, yeah, the, the 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 trailers. But there's a lot of people who brought eight year olds to see Deadpool because he's a superhero. Yeah, well, <laughs> everybody's paying that close attention. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's <laughs> not the studio's fault. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm they not put saying the, it is. They put an R rating on there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So there, there um, was a, a trio of preteens uh, in in the seats behind us when uh, when Nicole and I went to go see the first Deadpool because Dad wanted to see Deadpool and he brought the kids along and yikes mm-hmm. yeah yeah and stuff see that just makes you feel uncomfortable because you know 
these kids shouldn't be seeing this. Mm-hmm. Should I be the one to say something? No, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you are not one of our patrons, then you're missing out on some perks. We post early access to episodes. We record special episodes every month. Uh, I've been wanting to ask our patrons, if you're a patron, shoot me a message and let me know. Would you rather hear early Would you rather have early access to the final edited version of the podcast, or would you rather hear the raw audio before I even touch it? Uh, And also, I sent a message out to patrons. I only heard back from one or two of them, but uh, I'd like to do a hangout with our uh, $10 level patrons. Just, you know, not necessarily something that's going to go out live, but just, you know, a hangout online and talk about whatever. So, Send me a message if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Uh, you can join for as little as $3 a month. And if you join at the 5 or $10 level, you'll be listed as a producer on some of our podcasts, including this one. And I want to thank Dale Goodall, Jeff Hughes, Bulent Bingo, uh, Brandon Ushio, Tom Corcoran uh, for helping out with the podcast. Go to patreon.com slash infinite potato. Find out more. And I would like to thank... My panel, Scott, thank you very much for being here tonight. Always, always, always a pleasure. <laughs> Let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me various places here on the Infinite Potato Alliance Podcast Network, um, here on the Super Fan Talk Podcast, occasionally on that Star Trek podcast, every once in a while on Captain Game Show, and coming up soon on uh, my uh, my new show, I'd watch that for a dollar where I sit down and review various films that I have purchased on DVD or Blu-ray from my local dollar store. Uh, recording has already commenced. Um, I've got uh, one episode in the can ready to, not in the can, but ready to edit. Um, I want to have a, a, a stockpile before I begin releasing, but uh, just so people know, production is officially underway. Uh, while you're waiting for audio content to come through, you can check out some of my graphic artwork in various places, including my website, www.planetrisecreative.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Planet Rise. All righty. Rick, let everybody know where they can find you as well. Uh, you can find me elsewhere here on the network on Starbase 66 and uh, that, soup, that Star Trek podcast and... Um, I just had a brain lock. What the? <laughs> the prime direction. Prime direction. Geez. Open the iris. Starbase. 66. Oh, that one too. Open the iris. I, I said. I said Starbase sixty six. I got that one. Oh, right. sorry. <laughs> I, I was. I was looking at something else. Oh, um, and, and sorry, folks. I'm. I'm uh, suffering from. I'm still recovering from the fact that I effed up and lost four whole episodes of one Starbase sixty six. One admiral's table, one prime, two prime, prime directions, because I didn't read the fine print. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to catch up on this stuff, and I'll be back. And I'm also antsy as hell because I want to get back to work, and I can't yet. So anyway, uh, so sorry if I'm grumpy, but I'll I'll try to be more upbeat uh, the next time we get together. But I love you all, and remember, if you subscribe for enough on Patreon, I will come and wash your car. all right that will do it for us this week be sure to join us next time on that super fan talk podcast when you might hear scott say 
I do enjoy the first season of Loki. However, once we saw at the very end in that stinger scene, the stamp come down saying Loki will return in season two, I got even more excited because while we got a few variants of Loki in this season, I'm sure we're going to get more Loki variants in season two. So I'm looking forward to the Loki from Skokie, the Loki and the Pokey, Loki with the Jokies, the Hokey Loki, Loki eating Yoki, and Okie Finoki Loki. <laughs> Okie Loki artichoke. <laughs> Loki with the artichoke. I should, I should have added that one. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on That Super Fan Talk Podcast. Brought to you by InfinitePotato.com. Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast day.